What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Sport Universe podcast. It's me, Brian, and I'm joined with Nick. What's going on, guys? All right, so uh, we're doing a live podcast. It's still going to be up on all podcasting platforms, but figure change it up a little bit, and we'll see where it takes us. Um, so I guess first off, we'll just start with uh, going over the draft. Uh, sure. Uh, so obviously, uh, the draft was this week, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, where the draft dates, the first round being on Friday, um, second, third rounds being, uh, rather the first round being on Thursday, the second and third rounds being on Friday. And then Saturday we had rounds four through seven. Um, not, you know, I'm going to start off with an overview of how the draft kind of went. Obviously this week was a uh, virtual draft. And I'm not really going to go through rounds four through seven because a lot of those players wind up getting cut and they don't make huge impacts on the team. Obviously, you get a few gems. Everyone likes to mention Antonio Brown, Tom Brady, etc. But the, the thing is, when people talk about that, is that those people are the exceptions. They're not really the rule. So I hate when people bring that up. When was Antonio uh, Brown drafted? What round? Antonio Brown, I believe he was the fifth or sixth rounder yeah. off the top of my head. Um, but overall, the, the draft went pretty well. Um it was the most watched draft in NFL history. Uh, I believe it had the viewers were in the millions. Um, you know, there was a few, few technical errors, and you could tell when they had technical errors. However, it went pretty smoothly. When they did have errors, uh, they went back to their with the studio where they were processing all the all the video footage from, and they kind of worked it out. So it was pretty good on that end. Uh, you know, a little funny here. Uh, Roger Goodell. He was like falling asleep during the later rounds. It was kind of funny. He was sitting in his uh his I forget what he called it. It was like a one of those just sofa chairs. Um, he was like leaning back in it towards the end. He had cards upside down. And he looked like he was very tired. Because uh, if you watch the draft every year, at some point Roger Goodell stops announcing the the picks. I believe it is in the third fourth round. Where in this one with the social distancing, I'm sure it would have been a nightmare for them to get other people to announce the picks. So he had to do every single one. So when you think about it, it was from seven to midnight um, on on Thursday, seven to midnight on Friday, and then I believe it was from twelve to like seven on Saturday. So it was a long, long. I didn't actually watch too much of Saturday's draft, um, but you know, just there's a lot of, of announcements for him, so I could see why he was tired. Uh, other than that, you know, again, pretty good. It shows number one. Uh, hats off to the people that are involved in producing that sort sort of stuff. Uh, all the producers behind the draft, they did a pretty good job there, making it run smoothly. Um, so yeah, it, you know, it kind of shows you know some of the technology and the advancements that we have in today's world and how we can use it to make things. You know, you know, usually I, I thought personally that the atmosphere was going to be pretty bad with them not being in like some sort of big arena like the Barclays Center, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but I thought they did a pretty good job keeping that sphere up. And you know, again, hats off. Uh, other than that, I'm going to get into the draft. And I the just picks. have one thing to say. Um, I think right. we talked about we talked about this on our live, but like you had mentioned, everything was really in place for this to kind of run smoothly. Like the teams aren't usually there at the drafts; they call in, um, which I think really helped them. And I think probably the biggest thing that was missing, and probably the biggest negative, was the fan reactions because I think that's what makes like, the football draft and the basketball draft so highly watched compared to, like, the baseball draft or something like that, um, which I think was probably, like, the only negative that I could take away from it, and I think they did a really good job of having, um, of having the announcers, uh, not the announcers, the analysts just, like, keep talking about the stuff and not having any real downtime, which I think went smoothly for them. 
percent. Um, so again, going through this, this draft, I'm going to give a little about, uh, you know, I'm also going to talk about the first and the second and slash third round picks. If, if that's what teams had, um, number one, number two, I'm going to talk about how they filled their needs. I'm going to give uh, a rough grade on it. Obviously grades don't matter too much at this point until we see how they play on the field and how they mesh with the team. Um, but other than that, I'm going to head into it again. I'm not going to go by draft order. Just going to go team by team, mm-hmm. uh, and go through who they picked. Um, so starting with the Arizona Cardinals, uh, the Cardinals picked up Isaiah Simmons, linebacker out of Clemson. Um, I talked a lot about the Giants. I was hoping they were going to get him. Uh, the Giants passed on him at pick four. Uh, so he fell to the Cardinals at, uh, at pick eight. And ultimately, I think it's a really good pick for the Cardinals. Um, you know, he's going to help their defense out a lot. Again, as I talked about uh, before the draft, uh, the four three nine forty, 40 uh, really versatile player. Um, ultimately, I think the reason that he did fall was that teams had sort of a issue with the way that he is used. Uh, you know, he, he's not that bulky. He's really fast. And the issue is, I think teams are going to see, is that him being so versatile can actually be a, a con. He's not really specialized in, in one area. He's he's pretty good in, er, good in every area. Where teams, you know, teams looking to fill a specific role, they're not going to want a guy that's, that's okay to good in each area. They want somebody that's great in one or two things, and I don't think he provided that for teams. That's why he fell to eight. Uh, still a really special talent. And I think a team that you, it really goes is really successful off of versatility, I think it's going to make a big difference for them. Um, so that's, that's why I think it's going to be a good pick there for them. And, and in the third round, uh, the Cardinals wind up picking Josh Jones, who's probably the best tackle on the board there, which I suggest that they were probably going to go tackle in the first round. Uh, to help protect Kyler Murray in his second year, um, you know, I, I thought the Cardinals could have benefited a lot more from picking up more offensive linemen. Uh, Josh Jones is the only offensive lineman they picked up in the draft, um, so I, I thought they would have benefited off of that. Ultimately, I'd probably give their draft a B plus. Um, I think protecting their quarterback was gonna, was probably number one, and then linebacker was number two, and they kind of went reversed on it. Uh, Josh Jones is solid, but I don't think they they uh, addressed their offensive line enough to really warrant a really successful draft. I thought they had a better draft last year. Uh, ultimately, pretty good. I, I B plus, probably what I would say right off the bat. We'll see how good Isaiah Simmons is. I believe him. I think he's gonna be a pretty good player. Um, we'll, we'll see how he goes. Uh, so that is the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, next up, we have the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons went up picking AJ Terrell, uh, corner out of, out of Clemson, at pick sixteen, and then in round two they went Marlon Davidson, defensive tackle out of Auburn. Uh, round three they went Matt Hennessy, center which I thought Matt Hennessey was a pretty good center uh, coming out of Temple. That's a pretty solid pick up there in the third round for them. Um, A.J. Terrell, you know, I thought the Falcons had one of the weakest drafts coming out of the first round. A.J. Terrell was not a first-round draft pick, in my opinion. Uh, they reached on him. Ultimately, I think that the Falcons, they they really wanted C.J. Henderson, which, if I'm not mistaken, the Jacksonville Jaguars snagged him at nine, um, which I think was smart. I think Henderson, his, his stock had really gone up going into the draft. And I think the Falcons are set on, on p- picking a corner. This is probably their corner number two on their draft board, and this is who they went for. I thought it was kind of a reach at, at pick 16. They could have got talent elsewhere. Uh, the Falcons could use some help across the board pretty much. You know, cornering was their biggest need. So I understand why they went for need, but again, I just think that it was kind of a reach at that pick. Um, other than that, I thought Marlon Davidson was, was a little bit of a reach too. I don't think he was a second-round talent. He's more of a third-rounder. I did think Matt Hennessy was a third-round draft pick going into the draft, so I thought uh, overall they, were, they did pretty solid there. Um, if I had a draft 
grade their draft pick, the draft picks, I'd probably go C plus C. Again, I thought they addressed their needs decently. They kind of they need help with defensive tackle. Um, Alex Mack, their center, is, is getting up there in age, so that Matt Hennessy should make a decent replacement. Um, Marlon Davidson, they needed help on defensive line. So, again, I think they addressed need, but they didn't address value, and that's why I'd probably give them a C or a C+. Plus. Uh, moving on, um, we had the Ravens, who had picked 28 in the first round. They went, went with Patrick Queen, uh, linebacker out of LSU. Again, I thought he was a pretty good linebacker, first-round talent in my opinion. Uh, overall, I give it. I give. You know, I would say that's a pretty good draft pick. Um, uh, you know, I thought they should probably go tight end because they did trade away um, uh, um, Hayden Hurst over the off season, uh, the beginning of the off season. So, uh, other than that, I think you know linebacker is a is a decent spot for them to go after. They did lose CJ Mosley not too long ago to the Jets, so filling that line, interior linebacker spot was was a need for them. Um, in the second round, they picked up J.K. Dobbins, which I think is pretty good. Um, I don't think they really had too many issues. You know, I thought J.K. Dobbins in the second round. I thought all you know between J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, uh, Jonathan Taylor. You know, I thought they were all late first round draft picks. Just you know, I think they had the talent to be mid first round draft picks, but the need for running backs in the NFL is kind of low. So I thought they would probably go late first round. So picking J.K. Dobbins in with twenty third pick in the second round, um, I thought that was pretty good value right there. Don't really think they have a huge need at running back. Um. But J.K. Dobbins at that point is pretty good value. So, you know, looking at the Ravens draft, I thought they were pretty good. Uh, should help take off the load off of a Mark Ingram um, and, and really help Lamar Jackson going into his third year, hopefully win another MVP and maybe a Super Bowl. So other than that, um, if I had a grade of their draft picks, I'd probably go B plus, A minus again. Um, you know, I'd probably lean towards A minus. Nothing too reachy, you know, decent value. Uh, fill their needs decently well. Um, so not bad. And again, you know, Looking at the the Ravens, uh, any first round draft picks a uh, bonus for them because they went fourteen and two last season. So getting a talent like Patrick Queen is only an add. Uh, so moving on to Buffalo, um, their first pick was AJ Epinesa out of uh, Iowa, defensive end. Uh, they wind up picking him in the second round, twenty second pick in the second round, and then from there they got Zach Moss running back out of Utah. Uh, I thought that Zach Moss pick was pretty good um, for the third round. Um, I thought he was pretty good value that late in the draft. Uh, AJ Panessa, you know, I'm kind of, I'm pretty split on him. I think he's a pretty good talent, but he his combine was, was awful, and it definitely highlighted some weaknesses that he has in terms of athleticism. Uh, he was relatively slow. Uh, he was not, he didn't have good agility on his feet. Um, I think his his talent and his gameplay speaks for itself. What's on film, but I think he has certain limit limit uh, limitations that may not allow him to really reach that next level in the NFL. Um, ultimately, I think it was a decent pick. Uh, nothing overly spectacular, but you know, decent. Um, so, if I had to grade the Buffalo Buffalo's draft picks, uh, I'd probably go B plus again. Um, yeah, this time, <laughs> you me and Ryan uh, Ryan's in the comments right now because we are on live uh, for the people who watch this later uh, on Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts rather. Yeah, he, he stumbled a lot in, in his combine, and it just it was not a good look. Uh, so I'd probably give the Buffalo Bills probably a B plus for that for the draft. Uh, nothing spectacular, nothing terrible. Didn't think they really reached on on anybody. Uh, decent selection, AJ Epinesa. Really have to see how he pans out over his career. Uh, so moving on, we're going on to the Carolina Panthers, who had pick seven, and with pick seven, they went with Derek Brown. Um, I'll start right there. Derek Brown, uh, in my opinion, best interior defensive lineman in the draft. Uh, I was really going to help that defense. Really good character guy. 
Um, I, you know, I can't argue with that. You know, that, that pick to me is an A+. Plus. You can't go wrong with Derek Brown in that situation. And then around two, they went with uh, Eater Gross Matos, uh, Penn State, the end, who I thought was an early second rounder, which he went there, uh, late first rounder. So I thought he was a pretty good pick there. Uh, they got Jeremy Chin uh, at safety uh, in the second round, at the 32nd pick in the second round uh, through a trade. Uh, ultimately, I thought the Panthers had a really good draft right there. They dressed safety, uh, which they needed help with. They got Eater Gross Matos. They got at the end. And they also got Derek Brown. So that defensive line, uh, big improvement there. Uh, you know, slight, slight improvement with Chin in, in the secondary. So I thought this draft was pretty good. Uh, I'd probably give him an AA plus right there. I thought that draft was, was really solid for the Panthers. Um, they dressed a good amount of needs. Uh, so moving on to Chicago, they wound up going with, in the second round, their first pick was Cole Komet, uh, tight end at uh, Notre Dame. He was my first tight end on the board. Um, you know, the tight ends in this year's draft were not that deep. Uh, Komet, he's, he's really raw. You know, I think he switched over to football about two years ago. Uh, still has a lot to improve. Ultimately, again, I thought, did think he was the best tight end in this draft. Uh, my question is, why did the Bears go tight end here? Um, they could really use help in the offensive tackle spot. Um, outside linebacker, they need to. I'm not sure if tight end was really their first need, but uh, uh, not bad. Um, you know, defensive, you know, they kind of need help all around. So, not a terrible pick, but I'm all right with it. And then they got Jalen Johnson, cornerback out of Utah. Um, wasn't too big on him. Uh, ultimately, in terms of this draft grade, you know, I'd probably give it a B minus. Again, was their need at tight end the biggest thing they needed? And that's that's really my question. I thought they had you know decent value on Cole Komet, getting him in the second round, him being the number one tight end in the draft. So not much else to say there, but I'd probably go B minus. Uh, going to the Bengals, obviously with the first overall pick in the draft, they had Joe Burrow. Uh, absolutely A plus, best quarterback in the draft, best quarterback in college football history overall. Um, in terms of the, the season, the best he had the best season in college football for a quarterback in in, in college history. So that's it's really solid. Uh, they got T Higgins with the with the first uh, pick in the second round. I thought T Higgins was pretty good coming out of Clemson. Really good wide receiver for them. Not sure how good he's going to be in the NFL. I would have graded him probably a late second rounder. So I thought they reached slightly on T. Higgins, but it does fill their need because Bengals need help everywhere. Um, ultimately, I did question though. You know, the third, the third round, first pick, they went with an interior defense. They didn't go with an offensive tackle to the sixth round. And my question is, you need to protect Joe Burrow. Why did you not go offensive line before anything else? Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna you're gonna pick possibly the best quarterback in college history, college football history. You need to protect him. Uh, you, if you're not, you're, if you're not gonna protect him. Then you're gonna be you're gonna be leaving a lot of room for him to fail, and they really need to address the offensive line before they're gonna see really good production at Joe Burrow. And for that reason, and the way they went through the draft, I do expect Joe Burrow to have some good struggles or some heavy struggles uh, going into the season next year. Should be interesting to see how he pans out. I'm sure he'll get better over the years. I think he's a good work ethic, but if the Bengals really want to have Joe Joe Burrow be everything that he's projected to be, they need to protect him, and that's gonna be their main flaw, I think, with this draft. Uh, ultimately, I'd probably give it a, a B flat. Again, A plus on Joe Burrow. I'd probably go B plus A minus on T Higgins. Uh, but again, not getting an offensive tackle or some sort of offensive lineman that's really going to help. Maybe that sixth round pick pans out to be something, but I just I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, bank on it. Uh, moving on to the Cleveland Browns, they wound up getting Dedrick Wills at the ten slot in the first round, who I thought was the best offensive tackle in the draft going into the draft. So I thought that was a pretty good pick for them right there at number 10. On the second round, they got Grant Delpit, uh, safety out of LSU. 
Um, and they got Jordy and Elliott, defensive tackle, in the third round, and also got Jacob Phillips, LSU interior linebacker, in the third round. Uh, I thought their draft was really good. Um, at this point, you know, it filled their offense, offensive lineman needs, which I talked about is what they really needed if they wanted to complete their 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 roster. Um, and then number two, I think Grant Elpit is another great safety to have on their defense. It's just another person of talent on that defense. Ultimately, I think the Browns have the most talented roster in the NFL, which is just pretty incredible considering the fact they went 0-16 two, three years ago. Um, they've really turned around that that roster in, in a complete 180. Uh, the question is, is the coaching going to pull through? Um, I give this draft uh, A+. plus. You know, they filled their needs. Um, they, they drafted well. question comes down to, are the Browns going to be able to have the right coaching in that in that locker room to be able to bring all that talent together? Because if they do, they're a Super Bowl-ready team. They could easily win a Super Bowl if they have the right coaching, in my opinion. And this draft only helps solidify that team even further. Uh, moving on to Dallas, they wound up scooping up CeeDee Lamb with the 17th pick in the first round. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, uh, he's probably my number three wide receiver in this draft. Ultimately, I thought the, the Cowboys got really good value here. My question is need. Uh, see, again, CeeDee Lamb, really good really good wide receiver out of Oklahoma. I thought, you know, having getting him at seven teams is, is somewhat a steal. It's, it's really good value there. Uh, but if you don't, you know, not was a month or two ago, the Cowboys did sign Amari Cooper to a $100 million contract. And when you sign a wide receiver to that big of a contract, my theory would be, number one, to pick up veterans around him that, at, at decent deals to really uh, fill out that wide receiver core roster, uh, wide receiver core, rather. However, you know, having a rookie, you know, having him on a rookie con- CD Lamb on a rookie contract is, is probably equally as good. But at the at this exact same time, I do question again. Cowboy need Cowboys needs were definitely, in my opinion, either cornerback with the loss of Byron Jones or DN with the loss of Robert Quinn. You know, those are their number two needs, and they did not address address that with the first round picks. I thought they went pure value there and not need. Um, so I would probably knock that that specific uh, pick down to like an A minus rather than like an A plus or an A. On uh, second round, they went Trayvon Diggs, the nineteenth pick, um, which I thought he was a solid corner. I thought he, he uh, you know, I thought he was a late second rounder. He, w- he went mid second round, so it's not terrible. Um, and then the third pick, they got Neville Gallimore, who I was really high on. I think getting him in the third round is an absolute steal. Um, if you remember in my mock draft back on the podcast last week, uh, I had him as a first rounder, um, really high up. I'm, I'm really big on him just because, the, as an interior defensive lineman in college football last year, he had the most pressures from an interior defensive line spot. Which, in my opinion, is big. Is big. Number one, he's he's really wide. He's he's a big guy. He's going to be a run stuffer first and foremost. But number two, he's really strong. He's going to be. I think he's going to be a really solid nose tackle in the NFL. Um, if you're able to get pressure at, at such, I think he was at 13 percent of snaps. He had pressure on the on the, on the quarterback in college football last year, which is big coming from a nose tackle slot. Um, I think he has a lot of talent. I think he's going to be a, re- a really big steal for the Cowboys in the third round. Hopefully, I had to grade the draft. I'd probably go A for the Cowboys. Um, again, CD Lamb was good, good value. I just don't see the exact need there. Uh, Trayvon Diggs does help address that cornerback slot that they were that they lost with Byron Jones, and then Neville Gallimore again, defensive line. Maybe they'll move him out to the end. We'll have to see. He's a big guy. Um, you know, I thought they they somewhat address their their needs, but they actually I thought hit on value. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say A A minus there for the Cowboys. Um, moving on to Denver. If Ryan, you're still watching, we got Detroit coming up very soon. Um, Denver went with Jerry Judy and the 15th pick uh, in the first round. Who, if you guys know, uh, Jerry Judy is my wide receiver number one coming into this draft. I think he's going to be the Hall of Famer at the end of his career. 
his his ability to route run, his route running ability, his ability to go up and get the deep ball. Um, he knows how to wall off corners on deep balls, and despite not having not being the fastest wide receiver in the draft, but he's up there, right? I mean, given <laughs> Ryan's ready. Um, so again, I, I just think I am really high on Jerry Judy. I see him being somewhat of a combination between Antonio Brown and Julio Jones, which is a pretty deadly combination. Um, so big on him. Uh, number obviously going into number pick number two uh, in the second round at pick fourteen. That wanted to pick up KJ Hamler out of Penn State. Um, in my opinion, KJ Hamler he has a lot to work on. He, he dropped. He's a very high drop rate. I believe he had the highest drop rate in FBS um, last year. Um, in all college football, so he, he needs to address that. But his speed is is some of the top speed uh, in terms of wide receivers in the draft. Uh, so again, picking two wide receivers there, um, you know they're trying to help out Drew Locke in his second year. Uh, hopefully, give him some weapons, which I thought was a pretty good idea. Um, I thought they could have really worked on the offensive line too, which they didn't. They didn't pick an offensive lineman until the sixth round. Um, again, so if I had to give this this draft a grade, I'd probably go A minus, A plus for Jerry Judy. I then Hall of Fame wide receiver at pick fifteen is a pretty solid pick. Um, first and foremost. But I do question again if they don't have. In my opinion, if you don't have an offensive line, it doesn't matter how many good special special uh, special players you have. If if your offensive line is not going to block for you and allow those special players time to get open and your time for your quarterback to throw to them, uh, take the Giants for instance. Odell, Saquon Barkley, they still sucked um, with no offensive line. So again, addressing offensive lines is really important in my opinion. Um. So again, I probably give that draft an A. And then nice, Mike. My button on my computer just broke. Nice. Love, love to see that. Um, so here we go. The Lions, they got Jeff Okuda uh, at the third pick in the first round. Um, I, I, a plus right there for me. Uh, Jeff Okuda, best corner in the draft. As I said, pre-draft, uh, he's, in terms of his entire game, it's he's got the most solid game I, I've seen from a corner in years. He's better than Jalen Ramsey, in my opinion. This is really no holes in his game. Uh, he's good at run support. He's great in one-on-one coverage. He's good in zone. He knows how to diagnose the offense and, and, and see routes before they happen. He, he jumps routes. He, he's you know he's everything you're looking for in a corner, potentially a Hall of Fame corner at the end of his career. Um, he's gonna be really good for the Lions, especially after they lost Darius Slayton. Uh, so their secondary, I'd probably say improve for the Lions because they picked up Desmond Trufant, who, in my opinion, again, I'd said Darius Slayton is probably top five corner in the league, um, and Desmond Trufant just isn't that. But Desert Trufant is still a solid player. And then they go and pick up Jeff Okuda right there. So their secondary is going to be pretty locked down. Uh, it's typical Matt Patricia. Uh, he loves – Matt Patricia, in terms, of, in terms of a defensive coordinator, he loves going from secondary to the line. He loves making sure that your team is locked down and then addressing the run later. So it makes – you know, it's, I saw it coming based off of Matt Patricia and the team's needs, and I think it's a really good pick there. Um, in the second round, they picked up DeAndre Swift with a third, uh, third pick in the second round. You know, I thought, again, DeAndre Swift being – he was probably my number one, number two running back on the board. Uh, really good talent out of Georgia. Uh, yeah, I, I think his, his name is quite fitting. He's very swift, um, knows how to make guys miss an open field. He's going to be really good for the Lions. Uh, you know, him and, I guess, Kerryon Johnson are going to have to uh, share carries now. But I think, again, really good pick, really good value there. Um, not sure if it was their biggest need, but, again, really good value. Uh, they did get Julian Ook. O- Aquara, I suck with his name. I apologize. And they got Jonah Jackson, who I thought was pretty good, uh, both in the third round. So I thought their draft was pretty good. Um, I'd probably go A plus for the, for the Detroit Lions. I thought their draft was really good. 
Uh, they addressed the need pretty decently. They they hit on value, so I, I really have no complaints. The Lions draft. Um, I don't. In my opinion, there wasn't too many big jumps this year or people um, who was going to the Super Bowl this year. Nick Farber. Um, if I, it's really early for predict. And if you guys are watching this podcast later, again, we're on live, so I'm answering somebody's question on live right now. If I had to predict who's going to the Super Bowl again this year, um, you know, I'd probably go with the, the Chiefs again uh, from the AFC. Uh, their roster, as I'll get to when we do get to them in the draft, got better through the draft. Um, so, you know, they won with the roster they had last year, and I think the roster got even better. So I'd imagine they go, if I had to predict, I'd probably go with them coming out of the AFC. In terms of the NFC, I really have no idea. It's kind of up for grabs uh, in the NFC. Uh, Brian, what, what would you say? Well, I, I think of an NFC I team. Definitely say the Chiefs. Um, NFC-wise, I do like what the Cowboys are doing. Um, I know, Okay, I'm going to say the Cowboys, but I do also always have like kind of like a soft spot for um, the Seahawks because I think Russell Wilson can just miraculously take them there. So if I had to pick, I'd go Cowboys, though. Yeah. You know, looking at it, I, I might go back to the 20 Irons again. I think they, they may have improved their roster again through the draft, um, which is pretty big. Uh, neither the Chiefs nor the 49ers got worse. If not, if anything, they got better. So to predict them not making the Super Bowl again, I just think would be... A, it would be unreasonable at this point to say that both of those teams won't make it back to the Super Bowl. Um, we have Ryan with a comment, I believe. Uh, Ryan says, Swift did well in college with a second back in the backfield. Never had more than 200 carries, efficiency over volume. Love this pick, especially since they wanted Okara in the second. Yeah, I definitely agree there. Uh, you hit it on the head, Ryan, of course. Um, and then we have a uh, comment from Alex, and he says... Um, do you think Andrew Thomas was the best offensive lineman available? Did the Giants know something that other teams did not? Uh, not taking worse, Wills or Becton? Um, yes, and if you stay tuned, I will explain that when I get to the Giants. I'm, I'm definitely going to talk about that when I do get to the Giants. Um, and without OTAs, Ryan says, certain offseason Giants getting the most pro-ready tackle was smart. Yeah, I definitely agree there. Um, so I'm, I will get to the Giants soon. We're up to Green Bay, obviously. Um, with Green Bay in the draft, they wanted up trading up back into the first round, picking up Jordan Love, um, quarterback out of Utah. Um, I thought this pick was really interesting. Um, you know, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is not going to be happy about this pick. Um, I, as I said pre-draft, I thought he was definitely a first-round talent. He has a very low floor, but he has a very high ceiling. He makes Patrick Mahomes throws, but he's not. He doesn't make Patrick Mahomes reads in terms of the defense. So it's, it's a question, will he be able to adapt to the NFL and be able to read defenses correctly? Um, you know, Ultimately, this is kind of what the Packers did, if you guys are watching the draft. This is what the Packers did with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. They drafted Aaron Rodgers with a couple years left on Brett Favre, and Brett Favre was not happy with it, did not treat Aaron Rodgers well. But Aaron Rodgers kind of fought through that, eventually took over the starting spot, and Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, right? So I'm assuming the Packers are wanting to repeat that with Jordan Love, um, I'd imagine, again, Aaron Rodgers is not happy about it. I do question, though, in terms of this pick, why they went with Jordan Love. The Packers, as as we know, they made it to the NFC East, uh, rather the NFC Championship um, this past season. And they, what they were really missing was wide receiver help and, and maybe some offensive linemen for Aaron Rodgers to really succeed and really make, make that next step and go to the Super Bowl. My question is why they didn't, why they did, 
chose not to address either wide receiver or tackle here or offensive line here. Um, so again, I thought overall value was pretty good. I did think he was a late first rounder, and that's where they got him. And yeah, pick twenty six. The question was need uh, for the rest of the team. Uh, but going into the second round, they picked AJ Dillon out of Boston College. I thought he was a really good running back for Boston College. Watching his film over the past year, um, I thought he was really good. And then um, you know from there, they didn't really draft offense. Uh, address offensive line until the sixth round and most importantly they didn't get a single wide receiver in the draft which is really interesting considering the fact that they really could use wide receiver help and I would say that was probably their biggest need um, not sure really what they did there uh, if I had to give this draft a grade I'd probably give it a B plus I thought they did they hit decently well on value uh, Jordan Love is a really good prospect uh, Jay Dillon I thought is pretty good uh, as a late second rounder but I quite, again question their need. I don't think they really hit on need at all. Um, so I mean, honestly, I might go B. I might drop it down to a B, uh, just because they didn't really hit on need, in my opinion. Uh, so moving on, we have the Houston Texans. Houston Texans wound up getting Ross Blacklock uh, out of TCU, uh, defensive tackle. Uh, you know, going into this draft, I wasn't never too high on Ross, but at the same time, I did think he was a mid second rounder early second rounder type of pick, and he went early mid-second round. So in terms of value there, I think they did well. Um, as in terms of need, I think they did all right there too. Uh, the Texans could definitely use a defensive tackle. Uh, they wound up going with Jonathan Greenyard, outside linebacker um, from Florida with their third-round pick. Uh, Texans, not a lot of picks in this draft, so there wasn't too much they could do. Um, as we all know, the Texans are on an absolute decline, in my opinion. Um, overall, I thought value was decent. And in terms of the filling their needs outside linebacker, obviously after losing to Davion Clowney, it was smart for them to go ahead and attack that with the draft. Uh, so ultimately, you know, decent draft in terms of value and need. Uh, if I had to grade it, I would definitely give it a B plus, A minus. Uh, overall, though, I think the Texans are in a really bad spot. Um, I've gone over it a few times. They've traded away multiple first round picks. They traded away their their best talents in DeAndre Hopkins and Davion Clowney. And what they have to show for it are some some starter quality level quality players and second and third round draft picks. They just didn't get returned for, for trades. And you know, it goes to show that Bill O'Brien is just he may be a decent coach, but he's not a good GM in my opinion. Um, I don't know if you guys were watching when he did this in the draft, but he actually wound up losing it on one of his I don't know whoever he was talking to on the phone. Wound up yelling at him after they made a pick. So that was uh it's interesting to see him get really angry. A lot of bloopers in the draft this year. There was CeeDee Lamb snatching the, the, the phone from his girlfriend, and then you had Isaiah Wilson, uh, the guard that the Titans picked in the first round. Um, I believe it was, I was assuming his girlfriend was sitting on top of him, and the mother snatched him off of his lap. So a lot of, a lot of good uh, little nuggets in this year's draft. But again, overall, I'd probably give that draft an A-. minus. Didn't have a lot of capital in the draft, but I thought with the capital they did, they hit on need, and they hit on value for the most part, so you can't really knock them. Um, the Colt is moving to California. Okay, so the Colts uh, had the second pick in the uh, second round of the draft, and with that pick, they wound up going Michael Pittman Jr. I thought this was a decent pick. You know, I was never too high on Michael Pittman Jr. In terms of uh, his his ability, it's it's not great as of right now. But again, he does have a very high ceiling. You know, he's decently fast. He's six four. Um, you know, teams love to, love to take shots on players that could turn out the Randy Moss at the end of the day. So, you know, a decent pick there. Um, in terms of need, I, you know, I think it was a pretty big need for them, especially picking up Phil Rivers this year. Uh, and I thought decent value. I thought a little bit high 
they picked him a little bit too high in my opinion, but other than that, you know, decent value. Um, and then I thought that one of the biggest deals in the draft that they had, um, and they wound up trading for the ninth pick in the second round. They got Jonathan Taylor, who, you know, after looking at all the tape, he's my number one running back in this draft. I think he could be a Hall of Fame running back. And you get him in the second round at pick nine, I think is really good. Um, you know, I give that a, a plus out the board. I love Jonathan Taylor. I think he has a huge combination of speed and power. And you can't really knock the guy. His game is really good. Um, so I think that was really good value. As well as, I wouldn't say it's the biggest thing because I do have Marlon Mack and, and some good good running backs. Um, but overall, I thought really good uh, right there. And then they wound up getting Julian Blackman, Utah, the safety. Um, I thought Blackman was pretty good too. Um, good value there in the third round. Uh, so overall, you know, I thought the, the Colts had had a pretty good draft here. Um, I'd probably give it an A because I thought Michael Pittman a little bit too high. Um, Blackman was all right, but Jonathan Taylor is really that what really drives that uh what really dr- what drives that grade up for me. I uh, definitely give the Colts an A there. Uh, moving on to the Jaguars, as I spoke earlier, they wind up picking C.J. Henderson with the ninth pick. Uh, you know his value went really high up towards the the latter end. You know I'd say post combine, um, he was the fastest DB in the combine. Obviously, um, you know I like Florida corners. I think they have a certain level of grit to them. That's not too gritty. Where I would say like Jalen Ramsey and Jonathan, uh, uh, Josh Norman. I think they have too much grit where they start where they start fights for no reason. But you need a little bit of grit at corner, be able to hold you know be able to hold your press and be able to cut jump routes and and you know have. A, some level of non-fear to you. Um, he has the speed to match. He's good on one-on-ones. I think he, he's pretty decent in zone. Uh, really good draft there. Draft pick, in my opinion. I'd probably give it an A+. Plus. Really good value at 9. Um, you know, I think it's about where he was He was going to be somewhere to a pick between 9 and 20. So I thought, you know, they found their corner in, in a replacement in uh, C.J. Henderson right there. Uh, going into the second round, or the late first round, because they traded back in, that's right. Uh, they got uh, Kalon Chasen at pick 20. Uh, he was my, I think he was my number one rated defensive. I'd have to look back. He was my, I think he was the number one DN on my board, uh, slash outside linebacker on my board going into this draft. Uh, really good pass rusher out of LSU. Uh, I think really good, pretty decent value there in the first round. So I think the Jaguars nailed it in the first round right there. In the second round, they got LaVisca Chenault Jr., uh, wide receiver out of Colorado. Uh, you know, not one of my highest wide receivers on the board, but definitely a wide receiver I could see you can plug in and play and be a decent starter right away in the NFL. Um, so I, I'm, I thought, you know, in terms of picks, those picks really good so far. David Hamilton, deep defensive tackle out of Ohio State. You know, I think he's a really good, really consistent player. Um, so going through those picks, I'd have to give the Jaguars draft an A plus. I thought they hit on need. They really addressed their defense. Um, they, they, I think they gave really well with value. Uh, really, no complaints with the Jaguars draft. Um, you know, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with almost every pick they made. So that's a good draft for the Jaguars. Uh, now, Kansas City, moving on to them, they obviously got uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with the 32nd pick in the first round of the draft. Um, you know, Ultimately, he wasn't my number one uh, back in this draft. However, I think he's a really good pick for the Chiefs, and mainly because he's, number one, he's really sound. Um, I think he's a decent pat, uh, in pass blocking and, and picking up that extra linebacker that's coming off the edge, um, number one. Number two, he, I think he's, he's really good in the passing game, which is, the, I think, the number one reason they picked him is because of his versatility. Um, this is one play, which I think everyone's seen at this point. <laughs> the Packers shit the bed. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think the Packers draft was that bad. Um, but, you know, I already went to the Packers. You, know, you can go watch it, what I said about the Packers. But uh, staying on the Chiefs, um, everyone's kind of seen this this play already, but I don't know if you start during the draft. 
Uh, he, he runs angle routes really well. Angle route is when he comes out of shotgun, uh, hits right, hits left, coming out, you know, five-yard five, five yard angle out, five-yard angle in. Usually throws the linebackers off of them, but on one coverage. Uh, decent route, one of my favorites. But I digress. Uh, again, the versatility that he gives to the Chiefs, I think is going to be really big for them, and it only improves their roster. So I thought, you know, they, they got really good value at pick 32 here. Um, in terms of, again, not the, the number one back, in my opinion, on the board, but probably the number one back for the Chiefs in terms of the versatility and the use they're going to get out of, of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It allows them to not pay a running back big money, which they would have had to pay, per se, Kareem Hunt if he would have been staying on the team. It would have been about that time for them to, to, for them to pay him, and they probably wouldn't have wanted to do that. So this probably worked out better than keeping Kareem Hunt for the Chiefs. Um, and then in round two, they went with Willie Gay Jr., interior linebacker out of Mississippi State. Um, and then in the third round, they went Lucas Neong, uh, TCU offensive tackle. Um, neither of those guys are, I'd imagine, Willie Gay might, Jr. might start for the Chiefs. We'll have to see how he pans out. Wasn't too high on him. Um, and Lucas Neong, offensive tackle at a TCU, was pretty much just deaf at that point. Again, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, obviously. So a lot of these players that they're picking is either deaf or just additions to their team. Um, so if I had a Give the graded the draft a grade. I'd probably give it a minus a. Um, you know, either way, any any players that they add in this draft, which they again, they had a decent amount of draft draft capital for being the number one team in the NFL. Um, it's just an, it's a bonus to them. Their team only got better through this draft, and again, it's one of the reasons that I do think they will hit the Super Bowl again next year. Um, so you know, pretty good draft for the Chiefs. Um, moving on, we had the Chargers uh, with the sixth pick. They picked Justin Herbert, who honestly. Looking more and more at his tape, I'm less high on him as, as time goes on. I'd honestly might have gone. Have you guys watched Outer Banks yet? No, we have not. Um, uh, with, the, with the sixth pick, you know, I think this is the right pick for the Chargers. But at the same time, honestly, I probably would have went Jalen Hurts over Justin Herbert. Watching, watching Justin Herbert's tape over his four years at Oregon, um, you know, he didn't really improve. He, he's always been a, a, steady, a steady quarterback, um, you know. Again, great drive on the ball, makes pretty decent decisions, but his accuracy continues to be a problem, and he hasn't really improved it over the years. Um, his ability to throw touch passes and, and to hit certain holes he, he struggles with. And the question is, is he going to be able to really pick up his game as he goes to the NFL? Um, you know, I, I don't know if he's going to. That's why I probably would have picked Jalen Hurts, simply because Jalen Hurts, number one, he offers versatility for his ability to run the ball. But number two, I love Jalen Hurts because of his leadership, and I think leadership is such a big thing at the quarterback position which obviously Javon Hurts has um, going to Oklahoma this year and, and leading him as far as he did. Um, so, again, I don't know if I would have went Justin Herbert here, but you know, knowing Jalen Hurts would have been available in the second round, I definitely wouldn't have picked him at six. So that I feel like the Chargers could have waited. Overall, I'll probably give it a, a minus right there for Justin Herbert. Again, solid quarterback. I think he's, he's a first-round talent, but he may, he may not have been the quarterback that I would have went with. I may, if I was Chargers, I probably would have waited and maybe – I don't know. I forgot picks they had. Uh, yeah, they had, they had they traded back up in the first round, um, and that's probably what I would have done and gotten Jalen Hurts if I was the Chargers. Um, but obviously, saying that they went traded back into the first round, uh, they traded back in the first round for the twenty third pick, um, and they wound up picking Kenneth Murray, uh, Oklahoma interior linebacker. Um, you know, he, I think he was, I believe, next to Isaiah Simmons. If you want to count him as an interior linebacker, uh, Kent Murray was my number one interior linebacker in this draft. I'm um, not the fastest guy in the world, but I do think he has, he has a lot of talent. Really good at reading defenses. Really good tackler out of Oklahoma. He's going to be big for that Chargers defense. Um, you know, again, you know, pretty solid pick there. Uh, looking at their entire draft, I'd probably give it an A minus. 
you know, Kenneth Murray had probably given a pretty decent value at 23 there. Um, and then Justin Herbert being like an A minus for me because he may have not been the quarterback that I would have went with. Uh, going through, we have the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Los Angeles Rams didn't have a pick until the second round, the 20th pick. They wanted up picking up Cam Akers, uh, running back out of Florida State. I thought he was pretty good running back. Uh, to get him at the 20th pick in the second round, I thought was pretty good value. Um, I do, I, you know, and it's pretty, it's pretty decent need for them, uh, letting Todd Gurley go. So I think you know that was, that was pretty good for them. And then they went Van Jefferson, uh, wide receiver, um, out of Florida. And they went Terrell Lewis, Alabama, outside linebacker. Um, and they went Terrell Burgess, Utah State safety. Uh, ultimately, I thought you know this this Rams team. They're, they're honestly they're on the decline because how they again I've talked about this pre-draft that the way they structured their entire their entire team their entire roster they paid guys a lot of money and paid guys a lot of money that just didn't pan out. Um, it's gonna be I think it's gonna be an issue for them for a decent amount of time and oh you know we saw them go from a Super Bowl team to you know average team last year I expect their roster to probably decline even more. Um, a lot of these guys like Cam Akers you know again look at look at this right. They declined, they lost a lot of guys, they paid out a lot of money, and they only had their first draft pick this year was the second round, 20th pick. Um, this team's going to be in a big rebuilding mode soon. I'm not sure how much these guys are going to help. Overall, I'd probably give their draft grade probably a B plus uh, based on the draft picks that they did have. But in terms of the state of the team, I, I'd put it a lot towards maybe a Houston Texans where that, te- that roster's in, in shambles. In my opinion, I think the Rams are going to fall hard, even harder this come- upcoming year. Um, obviously, I think they have a lot better coach in Sean McVay. I believe in Sean McVay. I think he's a solid coach, but the, the general managing in the in the Rams organization has not done a good job over the past couple of years. Uh, moving on, we have the Las Vegas Raiders uh, with the first pick, twelfth pick in the NFL draft. Uh, they had, they went with Henry Ruggs, the third wide receiver out of Alabama. Um, again, I thought really good wide receiver. In my comparisons, he's you know equivalent to a Tyree Kill coming out the gate, uh, fastest wide receiver in the draft. Uh, is really shifty. He's going to be really good for the Raiders. He's going to be able. He's going to give their offense a really big boost and give them a lot of versatility. Um, so that's an A plus for me there. Uh, they, then they went Damon Arnett, Ohio State cornerback, with the 19th pick in the first round, which I thought was a bit of a reach. Um, I, I think obviously they wanted to address the corner slot. Address the corner slot. Um, they did so by, I'd probably say, jumping on a cornerback too early. Um, they could have waited to pick up Arnett. Not not in love with that pick there. Um, they got Lynn Brown and uh, Bowden Jr. out of Kentucky wide receiver uh, in the third round. They also got Brian Edwards wide receiver out of South Carolina. I thought Brian Edwards getting him at the 17th pick in the third round was a pretty big steal. I thought it was a pretty good uh, pick up there. Uh, if I had to grade this draft, I'd probably give an A minus because I wasn't so big on Arnett, wasn't so big on Lynn Bowden Jr. Uh, wide receiver out of Kentucky, but I did think Brian Edwards getting him in the 17th pick in the third round was a pretty big steal. Uh, and Henry Ruggs was a really good pick too. Um, definitely going to give you their Marcus Mariota or Derek Carr, whoever winds up starting in Las Vegas. It's going to give them a big boost. Um, you know, when you when you have when your quarterback and your offensive line isn't solidified, as I said it over and over again, I think that's the number one thing you should address. And I don't think they really address their offensive line here. Although, it, you know, their offensive line was definitely not one of their biggest needs. But to, I think adding to it and allowing Marcus Mariota or Derek Carr to have a, a good year um, would, would be would be a really big bonus, and obviously they didn't uh, draft the offensive line to the, to the fourth round, which isn't terrible. Um, but overall, I'd say an A minus for that draft. You know, pretty solid. Uh, moving on, we had Miami, who with the first pick, uh, first round pick at pick five, that one with Tua Tagovailoa, uh, quarterback out of uh, Alabama. 
ultimately, I, I, I said this pre-draft that I think Tua was by far the number two quarterback in this draft. Um, and I think it was a really, really good decision for them to draft him. I see him being a Hall of Famer down in his career. I don't think the injuries are going to affect him. And if only if, if anything, they're actually going to help him improve, uh, give him some adversity to work off of going into, you know, give him a chip on his shoulder um, with, with everyone saying that he wasn't going to pan out to be something because of his injuries. Um, I, again, I think a lot of the majority of his injuries were lower body. And I think to his arm strength or not, not really arm strength, but his ability to put the ball in tight in tight windows and his ability to read defenses is what really makes him such a special player. And I feel like his, his athletic ability, his ability to run, are secondary to that. And, you know, you know his comparisons are to Drew Brees, and you know Drew Brees is not a running quarterback by any uh, by any means. And I think Tua will turn out to be the same thing. I don't think his legs are going to be the number one thing we look at in terms of Tua. It's going to be again his his ability to hit the ball in tight windows and his ability to read a defense. Um, so I think it's a great pick there for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, and then and later in the. Um, First round with the 18th pick, they went with Austin Jackson, offensive tackle out of USC. If you guys watched pre-draft, I was really big on Austin Jackson. Um, if you guys don't know his story, uh, his sister, I believe, recently got some sort of cancer. Um, and I believe right before the season, he wound up donating his bone marrow, which you guys know the procedure for that. They basically take a corkscrew, and they corkscrew it, most, I believe, into your tibia, which is your shin bone. Um, very painful. Uh, it's a really big, really awesome thing for Austin Jackson to do, and I believe his sister's doing better. Um, you know, I, again, character, no question, he's there. Um, talent, he's pretty good. He needs to develop a little bit more, and I think he might be able to do that in Miami. I think it was a really good pick for them. Uh, maybe a little bit of a reach at the 18th pick, but overall, I think it was a really good pick for them. Um, and then they wind up getting the 30th pick in the, in the first round. They went with uh, Noah, and I still to this day struggle with his name, Igbino Jene. I'm awful with that name. Definitely butchered that. Um, obviously, I would definitely know his name a lot better if I was big on him, right? So wasn't too big. I thought that was a bit of a reach at corner there, uh, corner out of Auburn. Um, in the second round, they wound up getting again. They had, I think, they had the most draft capital in this draft. So this is gonna be a really big year for them to improve. Uh, in the second round, seventh pick, they wound up getting Robert Hunt out of Louisiana, offensive guard, um, number two uh, interior lineman for me. I thought that was a really good pick for them. Uh, Help protect Tua. They got Austin Jackson. They got Robert Hunt. It's going to be a big improvement to their offensive line right there. I thought that was a really good, uh, really good draft for them there. Um, and the, again, in the second round, they had Raquan Davis, Alabama defensive tackle. I uh, wasn't too big on him. wasn't too low on him. I think he's he's right went right where he was supposed to. Um, you know, I'm big on guys that come out of Alabama and guys that come out of these big programs, um, regardless if you know their names or not. Number one, I think their their ceilings may not be as high as somebody like a Tristan Wirfs, whoever it might be, uh, a player that comes out of. Um, a player that, you know, that comes out of some of these lesser-known schools, you know, I think those players usually, you know, general standpoint, right? Those players have a lot higher ceilings, but I think they also have a lot lower floor. Where players like come out of Alabama, LSU, etc., their floors are a lot higher. Um, somebody like Raquan Davis, I could easily see being a starting starter level player in years to come. And he, versus Isaiah Wirfs, who may, you know, again, he's the first one that comes in my head, not really signaling him out. I think he's pretty good talent. Um. You know, somebody that may not do as well because they didn't have the the coaching that they did like they like they did at Alabama and LSU, etc. Um, and so moving on from there, they had Brandon Jones, uh, Texas safety. I thought he was all right. Uh, Solomon Kid Kidley. Uh, I thought he was pretty good offensive guard out of Georgia. Um, you know, overall, I thought the Miami Dolphins did a really good job with this draft. I'd probably give it an A. Um, you know that Noah. I'm gonna butcher the name again. Uh, cornerback at Auburn late in that first rounder. I'm not in love with that pick, but other than that, I thought they did a really solid job. 
um, dressed a lot of needs, um, pretty good on value. So, <laughs> uh, pretty good value for Miami. People are just roasting Brian in the comments. Um, so again, really good value. I'd probably give Miami a, a there. Uh, moving on, we have the Minnesota Vikings uh, on the twenty second pick in the first round. I believe they traded back. Uh, they got Justin Jefferson, who is basically essentially going to be. They got this pick from Buffalo. Uh, this pick is going to be their my earbuds are about to die. I'm about to switch over. Hold on. Everyone, hold on. All right, we're back. Okay. Um, so I picked up Jeff, Justin Jefferson, and I got this pick through the trade with Buffalo. Um, so uh, yeah, ultimately, I think Justin Jefferson was probably my number four receiver in this draft. Uh, really good out of the slot for LSU. Really good hands. Uh, decent speed. He's going to be pretty good for the uh, Minnesota Vikings. I think he's a decent replacement for Stephon Diggs. Do I think he's going to beat Stephon Diggs? Probably not. You know, Stephon Diggs is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, but, again, really good pick here. Decent value. 22 is not bad for, for Justin Jefferson. I thought he was a late first-rounder, early second-rounder, so I thought they did a pretty decent job there. Um, moving on, they also picked up Jeff Gladney, uh, TCU cornerback, um, with, the, with the 31st pick in the first round of the draft. I thought this pick was pretty solid. I'm pretty – I think – Talent-wise, Gladney's pretty good. Uh, I thought he would be a late first-rounder, early second-rounder. Um, so I thought that was pretty solid right there uh, in terms of value. And in terms of need, I thought it was pretty solid, too. They did need a corner in this draft. Um, and they went up picking Urza Cleveland, uh, Boise State offensive tackle. Um, I thought it was pretty decent there. Um, you know, I wasn't too big on Urza Cleveland. wasn't, too, again, too low on him, kind of like Raypon Davis. Um, that was a solid pick there. Uh, Cameron Dan- Dantzler. Uh, solid corner out of Mississippi State. Um, so overall, the, those last two picks, nothing crazy there. I didn't think got any steals. Um, but again, glad he was pretty solid. I thought he did a pretty solid job with Justin Jefferson. Um, if I had to give this draft a grade, I'd probably go B plus, A minus. Decent value. I think they definitely address needs, uh, but it is a decent value. You know, nothing too terrible. Um, overall, I didn't think too many teams drafted that terribly this year. Um, here's, a, here's a really interesting one. So we're up to the New England Patriots. It's going to be hard. So New England Patriots with the fifth pick in the second round. They went with Kyle Duggar out of Lenore Ryan uh, College, which is a which is a D two D two school that high in the second round. You know, if it was any other, it's probably a terrible draft pick. You could definitely wait on a second uh, somebody coming out of Division Two school later in the draft, um, but it's the Patriots and it's Bill Belichick. So I, I, I really don't know what to say. Um, they got Josh Uche out of Michigan, defensive end. I thought he was pretty solid. That's a decent pick for the Patriots. They got Anthony Jennings out of Alabama, outside linebacker, who I was pretty high on. Um, AJ Dillon got picked way too early. Yeah, I can somewhat agree to that. Um, but Anthony Jennings, I thought he was pretty solid. Um, out of Alabama, I thought it was a pretty good pick there. They got Devin Asai Asiasi out of UCLA, and they got Dalton Keeney out of Virginia Tech, both tight ends. Um, they wanted picking a kicker in the fifth round, uh, Justin Rawasser, which I these names are pretty bad. Um, Baby G Wood Savage wants a shout out. Okay. Um, <laughs> Um, it was ultimately that, that, that their kicker is out of Marshall. Apparently, he has some sort of racist tattoo. I, I don't know. Apparently, he got it not knowing what it was, but apparently, it stands for something in the alt right. 
kind of interesting. Said he was going to get it covered. There's a little bit of a story coming out of the draft there. Um, there's, I don't know. You see, the last time that I don't wasn't big on either of these tight ends from UCLA or Virginia Tech. The, apparently, the last time that the Patriots drafted double tight ends was they got Gronk in the second round, Aaron Hernandez in the third round. Which you know, despite what Aaron Hernandez did, he was a great tight end in the NFL. Um, and obviously, Gronk is Gronk. So who knows this next Gronk and Aaron Hernandez? We don't know. Um, it, I think Josh Ushay and and Anthony Jennings was was probably their top two picks for me. Um, I, I don't even know how to grade this because I want to. If I really had to grade this personally, I'd probably give it a C plus, probably grade to a C. But then again, it's the Patriots, Bill Belichick. I mean, where you cannot, you you just can't go against them. It, I really, it's tough for me to grade. I'm just going to move on. <laughs> uh, next up, we had the New Orleans Saints uh, with the, in the first round, pick 24, they went with Cesar Ruiz, um, center uh, slash guard for the Michigan Wolf, uh, for Michigan. Oh my God, I'm blanking out. Um, he, again, on my draft board, he was the number one uh, interior offensive lineman for me. So I thought he was a really good value at pick 24. Uh, should help out the Saints a lot. Definitely with Drew Brees in his final year, and then they just picked up James Winston today, and they signed him for how long? They also re-signed Taysom uh, Hill, uh, so the Saints got busy in terms of quarterback. Um, they definitely got to work. Um, uh, you know, I think again, I think the Saints roster is one of the best rosters in the NFL. They really don't have too many glaring holes, in my opinion, besides maybe linebacker and maybe a little bit of help on the interior defensive line. But I think they have. You know, my Saints going into last year, Saints were the, my, my pick for the win Super Bowl. I think they have the best combination of talent, veteran, uh, veteran leadership, as well as coaching. Um, and I think this this pick is going to be big in terms of helping protect uh, Drew Brees in his last year, as well as the quarterback that they eventually do pick up. So I think it's a decent pick for them. And in the third round, they got Zach Bond out of Wisconsin, outside linebacker. Uh, the end. I thought he was really good talent. I think he went right where he was supposed to. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that pick for the Saints. And they got Adam Trotman uh, out of Dayton tight end. Um, you know, ultimately, I think that the Saints could use an extra tight end, so that, that definitely helps them. Um, wasn't too big on him, so value. I really have a big question mark there. But in terms of need, I think that was solid for them to pick up a a, um, a tight end in the third round. Uh, if I had to grade this draft, I'd probably give it an A minus. Uh, build need, uh, decent value. You know, not too many complaints there. All right, now we're up to to my my personal favorite, the New York Giants. Here we go. So with the fourth pick in the first round of the draft, they picked Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle out of Georgia. Uh, at first, we were on live when you guys saw this. I was not, I was pretty upset. I was really hoping we were going to go Isaiah Simmons, uh, but we didn't. And ultimately, I would say it worked out for the Giants. Uh, and here's why. Uh, so the Giants' second pick, which I'll get to in a second, was the 36th overall pick. And at that point, there were, I wanted to get an offensive lineman, hopefully, at that pick. But with how the draft panned out, there were going to be no top-tier offensive linemen left at that pick in the draft. There, there were a lot of secondary guys. Most importantly, there was a lot of safety guys. Um, all, there hadn't been a single safety picked at 36 yet. So the draft worked out really big for the Giants in that sense. Um, um, Andrew Thomas, in terms of in terms of him, as I wasn't my number one offensive tackle. As I said, it was Jedrick Wills. He was probably my number two. He's really good at run block. Um, definitely has to work on his pass a little bit, but he's pretty god, uh, pretty god, pretty good. Um, more importantly, I think it, when we look at offensive line, it's, it's about who drafted him. 
Um, the Giants just just did pick up Jason Garrett as their offensive uh, coordinator, and I believe he had somewhat of a say in this pick. Um, if there's anybody that knows offensive line, it's going to be Jason Garrett. When you look at the Cowboys over the year, of past couple of years, when they had Travis Frederick, etc., uh, etc., et Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, really good. They had the best offensive line in football, and it wasn't even close. So if Jason Garrett could have a say in picking an offensive lineman, I think that was definitely the best best person to have um, help pick. So ultimately, pretty happy about that pick. Um, you know, would I have liked to add Isaiah Simmons? Yes, but I think number one, this fills a huge need. Uh, number two, I think the value was pretty decent. Um, so I really can't complain, and I think the value is even better with how this draft panned out. Um, going into our second pick, the fourth pick, thirty-six pick, fourth pick in the second round, thirty-six pick overall. Uh, the Giants winning Xavier McKinney, Alabama safety. He was my number one slash number two safety. You know, it was pretty much tied between him and Grant Delpit. So I'm pretty happy the Giants got him. Um, ultimately, I think it helps the Giants' uh, entire secondary out. The Giants now have Julian Love, Julius Peppers, Xavier McKinney, and Bradbury over from the Panthers. Um, their secondary is pretty set. Uh, in terms of linebacker, there's still some work to do there, but we did just sign Blake Martinez. And I think ultimately the Giants, because of these first two picks, are about one year out from being a, a really valid football, uh, football team playoff. Super Bowl type team. Um, in the third round, the Giants went with Matt Pearl, uh, UConn offensive tackle. Um, wasn't a huge fan of it at first, uh, but ultimately, I did think it was a pretty solid pick. You know, Matt Pearl, really raw prospect at a UConn. Um, he shows all, everything you need to be a really good offensive lineman in the NFL. He hits the second level pretty well. Um, has really long arms. He just he needs to work on, on pretty much his entire game. But a really good prospect at a UConn. I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, you know, and the rest of the draft, the kind of just Giants just went for uh, need. They got Shane Lemieux in the fifth round out of Oregon, offensive guard, who was apparently on a lot of people's draft boards like the fourth or fifth best guard. So we got a pretty good value in the fifth round there, which I was excited about. Um, you know, I probably get the Giants draft an A, and I last year's draft, I think I gave like a D minus. So I was very upset with the Giants last year. I think they drafted well, and ultimately. Daniel Jones panned out, but I don't think DeAndre Baker was all that great. Um, Baker is pretty solid for the Giants. So, wow. Okay. Um, so, you know, Baker is pretty solid for the Giants, but I thought the Giants did really well in this draft. Um, you know, we still have some holes to fix. I'm hoping over time we'll be able to develop guys, and then maybe next year's draft slash trade to see we'll be able to hit the entire team. You know, this year is going to be definitely a learning year for the Giants. I think one more year of learning, and then hopefully we'll be a playoff team the year after that. Uh, I think it was a pretty good draft. I'd give it an A. Uh, congrats to Dave, uh, Dave Gettleman. I still hope he gets fired because of all the pain he's cut me through. But uh, I'm excited to see what Joe Judge and this roster can do uh, going into this next couple of years. And now we have the New York Jets. Okay, um, we're hitting an hour now, so I guess we'll just restart it. So. See you guys in a second. <laughs> and now I am good. All right, uh, so we're on the New York Jets now. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, going to the first round, I thought the Jets needed a wide receiver. Uh, with pick 11 in the first round, they went with uh, Mekai Becton, uh, he's a huge offensive lineman out of Louisville. Uh, you know, ultimately, in terms of this pick, he was probably my fourth offensive lineman on the board. Um, I thought it definitely, you know, in terms of need, definitely checked off a, a huge box on the Jets' needs. Uh, in terms of value, I thought it was all right. Um, I explained this a few times. But in terms of offensive lineman, I'm not big enough. I'm not huge on, on huge offensive lineman. I think that you know when you get that big. You, you lose, number one, you, most importantly, you lose leverage. Uh, people who are lower pad level are going to have an, an Dave J. What's up, Dave J? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think, when you, again, when you're that tall, you lose a lot of leverage. Uh, I'm losing my 
my, my train of voice, my, my train of thought right now. Uh, you Again, you lose a lot of leverage. You know, people like Aaron Donald, who are six foot, are going to be right at pad level, and they'll be able to get by you a lot easier. So it, it, being able to maintain your leverage at that height is a lot harder. And then secondarily, you, you also lose things like speed, uh, quickness, agility. Um, you know, ultimately, when you're looking at an offensive lineman prospect, you want a, you want a lineman that's huge in terms of weight, in terms of height, in terms of everything, right? You want you want the bigger offensive lineman in terms of theory. However, in terms of reality, it almost never works out to where they're that good. Um, you know, guy that comes into mind for me was was Tony Mandrich. Uh, I believe he was the second overall pick in the 1989 draft. Uh, he, yeah, they believe like six four, six five, completely jacked. You know, fastest forty they've ever seen. And was it too good to be true? Yes, because he was on steroids. Well, I don't think players are going to get away with steroids this year or, or in today's NFL. Um, it just goes to show you that I don't believe that like, drafting offensive linemen really early is always the best move, number one. Number two, the, the bigger isn't always the better. Um, that being said, I would definitely give this this sort of this pick in particular an A or A-. minus. Um, I thought value was decent. I thought he was more of like a late first rounder, um, and he went kind of mid. Um, and then in terms of need, it was absolute need for the, the Jets. Um, although, you know, again, going off of that value, I also think that with Gary Judy being on the board, with C.D. Lamb, with Henry Ruggs being on the board, I probably went and went, and went with a wide receiver here. Um, you know, I thought the Jets and the Giants were in the same sort of boat where they needed a, a, a skills player, but they also needed a offensive lineman. Um, either the Jets or the Giants, what I would have done if I was in their situation would have been pick the best player available in terms of specials, uh, with their earlier picks. So I probably wouldn't want like Jerry Judy here if I was the Jets. And then taking a bunch of my picks and, and you know, definitely would have been a priority for me, not saying it would have been done, but take a bunch of your picks and then trade back into the late first round and go get the best offensive lineman available. I thought that's how you would have got the best value and fill your needs the best. Um but that being said, again, what again, it same the way the way the draft panned out for the Giants. Picking an offensive lineman early was a good move because all the good offensive linemen were off the board by the early second round. So and there was still a lot of good secondary guys on the board, so it, it just made a lot of sense for teams to pick an offensive tackle looking at it in hindsight. Um, so good pick for the Jets there. Um, second round, they got Denzel Mims at the 27th pick in the second round, uh, Bailey wide receiver. I thought he was. I think Denzel Mims at that spot is really good. He was, I'd probably say, my number four, number five. Wide, you know, he was pretty close. He was almost high on me with Justin Jefferson in terms of my board. Um, he's 6'4", obviously, uh, sort of that. Brandy Moss, they're hoping type wide receiver. A lot of potential. I think he's a really good receiver out of Baylor. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He thought he should have went higher. You know, I think he's going to be a really good pick for the Jets. Um, definitely could be a Hall of Famer one day uh, in that second round slot. Uh, moving on, they got Ashton Davis, safety out of California in the third round, which I think he he's a little bit raw still. Uh, just he so he walked on to his team at California. Uh, in terms, he walked onto the track team, then he walked on to the team um, for the football team. Uh, really, really, really athletic type of guy. Uh, still really raw, has a lot to learn about the game of football. However, again, really good prospect there. I thought that was a really good draft right there. Uh, Jabari Zuniga, Zuniga uh, Florida defensive end. Sorry if I butchered that name. So many weird names. Um, I thought he was pretty solid. Wasn't too big on him. Decent value there. They got, and then from there on, you know, they, they tried to address, uh, address some needs. Overall, though, the Jets did really good on value. Uh, that's what they did pretty good on uh, need to. I'd probably give that draft an A. Um, before I move on, I know Brian's definitely going to have some comments. So yeah. go ahead, Brian. Um, so, first off, if you watch live, I wasn't happy with It's Mekhi Becton or something, right? That was close. Yep. Yeah, okay. Um, 
because I'm like Nick's talked about Jerry Judy is such a talent and so is CD Lamb. Um, and those are two players that could really help Sam Donald's development into a better quarterback. And I've talked about this before that I think this is a year where I really decide my mind and I would think other Jets fans would decide if if Sam Donald's an actual really good quarterback. But to make that decision you actually have to have players around him. And I think if they had a Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb, that would be very helpful. Specifically with Robbie Anderson now gone. But I think going into the second round when they got Denzel Mims, that somewhat made me more happy because um, they addressed one of their bigger needs. And people are um, saying Denzel Mims is very similar to Robbie Anderson. I would hope a little better than Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson is definitely a good uh, good wide receiver, but he did go undrafted. So I'm hoping a second rounder could be better than that. Um, I think that Denzel Mims and uh, Perriman, what's his first name? Brandon Perriman? Uh, Rashad. Rashad Perriman, yeah. Um, they're both really fast running backs, which I definitely like having. Receiver, but yeah. yeah. Um, I'm guessing Perriman's probably their – well, I don't know if they new ones, but whatever. They're two very fast uh, players to have on the team, and to be able to run down the field really fast um, and give Sam Darnold open targets like Robbie Anderson was able to do for the past three – I mean two years. Um, other than that, I did – Ashton Davis is also interesting um, because they do have Jamal Adams and Marcus May, but obviously Jamal Adams' contract is obviously still there, but his whole situation with Joe Douglas and the uh, Jets organization isn't the best right now. Marcus May is in his last year of his contract, so they definitely need to look into uh, getting someone to put back there. Other than that, um, I guess – Two other interesting picks that I guess I'll uh, talk about is Lamickel Perrine. Uh, is that even? Close? I have no. Clue. I do not know how to pronounce He's a running back. So obviously they still have Le'Veon Bell. People are thinking that this is probably Le'Veon Bell's last year with the Jets, so they need a running back to replace him. Obviously he is a fourth rounder, so we don't know if he's going to be a good replacement or if they go a different way. But he's another fast player. Which I guess he did. And lastly, um, actually, not him. Um, where is he? They drafted a Braden Mann, who was a punter, with their last pick. Obviously, uh, if you're a Jets fan, you know that. Um, what's the punter's name? Oh, this is bad. Whatever. The punter that they have right now, um, they're not keeping on for next year, so they needed a punter. Their punting and kicking situation hasn't been the greatest in recent years, um, and they needed some way to help that, and they're hoping that um, Braden Mann can fix that situation. He's a talented punter. Um, so, in all, um, I do the only – I think Mekhi Becton is a very good player um, with what I've been reading about with him, but I think, obviously, like Nick said, Jerry Judy was there for him to take. So I think that would have been a very nice pick. But I think an A, A-minus is a pretty solid number. I like the choice Joe Douglas made, um, specifically going back to draft um, Denzel Mims, was kind of got the best bang for his buck because they were able to get the player that they wanted and get another round pick, which they ended up, I think, trading to the Patriots for more picks. So I think Joe Douglas's first um, draft went pretty well. I definitely agree. Uh, yeah, um, so 
moving on from the Jets, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, uh, so the Eagles, the 21st pick in the first round, they went with uh, Jalen Rager, uh, TCU wide receiver. Um, you know, really fast wide receiver, still pretty raw. Uh, has has a lot to go in terms of in terms of like what to learn uh, going into his future years in the NFL. Uh, ultimately, I thought it was a decent pick um, after Jefferson. You know, they didn't want to go with Justin Jefferson here. Uh, and I probably went with Justin Jefferson. However, I, you know, looking back at this, looking back at this in hindsight, Philadelphia wanted to go speed over everything, um, and they definitely they definitely did that because they just traded for Marquise Goodwin. Uh, so their idea is speed and versatility. Um, so in terms of this pick, I'd probably give it like an A A minus uh, value. I wasn't sure it was the greatest, but in terms of fit and you know what kind of scheme, I think the Eagles are pushing for. Um, it's definitely going to be a good pick for them. Um, and the second round, which I was in shock at first. When I saw this pick, not sure how it made any sense. Uh, what wasn't sure the need, wasn't sure the fit, wasn't sure the value. Um, then with Jalen Hurts, quarterback out of Oklahoma, uh, with the second overall uh, in the second round, twenty first overall pick. Um, you know they have Carson Wentz. He's entering into his prime if he's not in it already. You know what do they need J- Jalen Hurts for? Um, and you know with how abysmal the Eagles' wide receivers were last season. Why didn't they go with Denzel Mims or, or his wide receiver here that could really help out Carson Wentz? Um, you know, looking back again, looking back at it in hindsight, I think it's going to be actually a pretty decent pick for them. The fact that they have Marquise Goodwin and the fact that they have Jalen Rager, two really fast wide receivers, and now they have Jalen Hurts, who again is most presumably is going to play a Taysom Hill sort of role for them. He's going to—I imagine he's going to play a lot of wide receiver, uh, some running back for the Eagles. As well as he's going to play quarterback and have maybe Carson Wentz go out wide. Who knows? Again, gives the Eagles offense a lot of versatility. And what the wide receivers they picked up between Marcus Goodwin and Jalen Rager is going to give them a lot of speed. It's really going to help their offense out. Um, you know, I think that was a pretty good pick looking at it in, in hindsight if they do use Jalen Hurts in the right way and it is successful. Um, however, you know, at the same time, again, this is, we're not going to be able to really judge this until we see how it pans out over the next year. Um, but, you know, in, in me personally, I probably would have went with a Denzel Mims and got another wide receiver to really help Carson Wentz. Because, um, you know, I, I like some of the versatile, versatile stuff teams can do, but at the same time, I think versatility is not is not really a 100% replacement for uh, a good foundation. You know, the, the Chiefs, for instance, right, they run a lot of trick plays, but at the same time, if they weren't to run trick plays, they could still beat you with, with regular schemes and, and, you know, regular football. Um, so I'll have to see how it turns out. We'll have to see how the Eagles do. But ultimately, I, I don't think it's as bad of a pick as it first would have seemed when they originally drafted him after sitting on it for a bit. Um, third round, they wanted to pick up Davion Taylor, Colorado outside the linebacker. I uh, wasn't too big on him. However, um, not a bad pick there. And ultimately, I don't really follow the draft picks outside of, like, if I don't think they're going in the, the early third round, I really don't watch them. You know, there's so many players to keep track of. Um, so I really focus on the first, second, early third rounders. Um, but overall, I thought this draft was pretty decent. I'd probably give it a B plus A minus for the, the Eagles. Uh, need, I thought they did okay on. And then in terms of value, I thought they did okay on. Uh, so again, like B plus A minus for the Eagles. Uh, moving on, we had the Steelers, who had their first pick in the second round, the 17th pick. They had uh, they picked up Chase Claypool, Notre Dame wide receiver. I think he's pretty good. He's six four, uh, pretty good wide receiver. He was still a little raw. Um, hasn't you know he he wasn't uh, he hasn't really he hasn't really. Oh my god, I can't speak. 
in my opinion, he isn't really an NFL uh, starter type of talent yet, but he could definitely develop into that. Again, any receiver that's 6'4", has good speed, good hands, has a, has a ton of um, potential, and that includes Chase Cape, Claypool. Um, you know, the Steelers could use another wide receiver, uh, definitely one of their needs there. Um, and then the third round, they went with Alex Highsmith, Charlotte, um, University of Charlotte, outside linebacker, pretty solid there. Um, again, you know, feeling as more of a need pick than in my print. It wasn't great value, wasn't bad value, but it definitely helped fill the, a need. Overall, if I didn't give this draft a grade for the Steelers, I'd probably give it like a B plus. Uh, nothing spectacular, decent value, uh, decent need. Um, person said hello again. Um, so you know, not too much to talk about there with the Steelers. Obviously, didn't have a ton of draft capital. Uh, moving on, we have the Seattle Seahawks. We picked up Jordan Brooks with the 27th pick in the first round out of Texas Tech. Um, I thought this pick was a bit of a reach. I think Jordan Brooks is a pretty solid player. He led the the Red Raiders, Texas Red Raiders, uh, in tackles over his his career there. Um, pretty good pick there. Uh, again, I I think need was all right for the Seahawks. It makes me question: Are they looking? It depends on how they're going to use him. They can use more of like a a middle linebacker, they're going to use him as an outside linebacker in terms of A.J. Davion Clowney type of role. Uh, number one, how they're going to use him. Number two, I don't believe it was their biggest need. I think offensive guard uh, versus offensive tackle was going to be one of their biggest needs, and they didn't really address that with this pick here. Um, they, again, if they're going to use this him as more of a defensive end type of player, it's, I think it's pretty solid, but I, I don't really know if that's his skill set. Uh, so, okay pick there. Um, in the second round, pick 16. They went with Darrell Taylor, uh, Tennessee defensive end. Uh, they went with Damian Lewis, uh, LSU offensive guard, who I thought was a pretty solid pick for the third round right there. Um, you know, overall, pretty decent value. Um, I thought Damian Lewis was, was one of the big values and pretty plush needs. I think it was what, probably the Seahawks' best pick right there in the third round. Um, it was all right. I'd probably give this draft a B. Uh, I don't think the value was the greatest, and I don't think the need fill was also the greatest. It was all right. It was a pretty decent draft for the Seahawks, but... I can't say it was that great. Uh, moving on from there, we had the 49ers who picked up Javon Kinlaw at a 14th pick out of South Carolina. I thought he was probably my number three offense uh, interior defensive lineman in this draft. Again, I had Neville Gallimore really high. I'm really big on him. Um, I, was, I think Javon Kinlaw, his only really good year was last year, and he's really raw, um, has a lot to learn. But he's 6'5", 325 pounds, really fast, um, good, good length, plays with good leverage. Uh, but he definitely, you know, in terms of his, his he doesn't have, you know, he uses push-pull a decent amount. But in terms of, you know, adding swims and rips into his game, he really needs to, to really expand his skill set and learn what to do when in terms of the NFL, when he gets to the NFL. So definitely a, pro, a really good prospect, but I, I don't think he was the greatest, you know, ready, starter-ready NFL player. So I think honestly that was pretty good though because they did the 49ers obviously traded um, they traded uh, I'm blanking on his name their defensive tack- uh, tackle I think it's Eric Armstead away so they needed to replace him to the Colts so they needed to replace him that was a pretty good replacement there the 49ers also got Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State wide receiver uh, really fast wide receiver really good in special teams he's going to be really versatile 49ers and give them even more help I think they could definitely, you know, set him in the backfield and set him out as a running back because he's that fast and he's great with the ball in his hands. Um, he could be a returner for them, kick returner, punt returner. They could use him in certain plays in terms of wide receiver. You know, I think he's pretty raw at the wide receiver position. He's going to need to learn a lot. But I think that's pretty good for them. Um, those are their two major picks that the 49ers had. I'd probably give this draft an A-plus for them. Um, obviously, they won the Super Bowl last year, and I think 
Uh, Javon Kinlaw makes them a lot better. Also, you know, he's, his contract is going to be cheaper than what they would have paid um, before. And I thought Brandon Ayuk is their offense a lot and their special teams a lot more versatility. So I thought these picks were really good. Um, you know, I would definitely say it's A-plus for the 49ers. They made their team. They, they filled good, you know, for the little needs that they may have had. You know, maybe they would have went offensive line, but they, they ran the ball so well last year. Um, so I don't really think offensive line was their number one need, and they don't pass a ton. You know, that may have been where I would would have went, but they didn't go. Well, other than that, I thought they, they definitely added to their team here. The value was really good. Um, I think the, the need was, was, was decent. I think it just adds a lot to the team. You know, in terms of a team like the 49ers or the Chiefs, there's not a big need. It's all about value and what they can, and how they can improve their roster. And I thought both these players did it. So good draft for the 49ers. Uh, now we have the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I said would go offensive tackle in their first pick, and they did. They went with Tristan Wirth, uh in the 13th pick, who, again, he was probably number one, number two, number three. You know, him, Andrew Thomas, and Jedrick Wills were all in the number one, number two, number three spot for me. Pretty much interchangeable. They all have upsides and they all have downsides that pretty much even out with each other. Um, you know, really good tackle outside um, out of Iowa. I think he's good size 6'5". is probably my optimal 6'5", 6'6", probably be the tallest I'd like um, a tackle to be. 6'7", is where it starts to get too big, in my opinion. You start to lose that leverage. I think 6'5", is probably the perfect height for me. Um, I think he's a really good player. Um, he's get number, number one, obviously, Tampa Bay is going to try and protect Brady for the year that they have him there if they don't escape. If they might extend him, um, so I think good value there. Thirteenth, uh, I think is a good slot for him, uh, and big need filled. Uh, and then secondary to that, they got Antoine Winfield uh, Jr., Minnesota safety. Uh, really good value in the second round, right there. A lot of people had him as the number one safety on their board, and they got him at the thirteenth pick in the second round. Um, you know, the right now on, on the Buccaneers defense, there's nobody that's really irreplaceable or nobody that's really set in stone. So getting somebody like Winfield, who could, he could play a lot of positions, he could play in the box, outside the box, etc., 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 for the Buccaneers. So I think it's going to be really big for them. Um, really good value, fills a need. Uh, so I think it's a really, that's probably their best pick of the draft right there. Um, and then after that, they have Keyshawn Vaughn running back out of Tampa, uh, obviously giving that offense just even more boost, um, allowing Brady to hopefully have a really good year. Uh, if I give this draft a grade, I'd probably give it an A. Definitely filled need. I think they did hit a home run on value, and they did a pretty, pretty solid job with need. Uh, so good draft for the Buccaneers there. On uh, the Titans, you know, again, I, I keep saying good draft for everybody. I don't think anybody really had a too terrible of a draft this year. Um, I don't think anybody overly reached, and I could definitely see the upsides of, of every team and what what players they picked. You know, I don't think there's anybody that overly reached and wasn't a need. Like nobody, nobody reached on a fifth round corner that had the best secondary in the NFL, something like that. You know, it, you know. I think last year was I forget his name already. The Raiders picked something Farrell, CJ Farrell, something Clinton. I think it was Clinton Farrell at, at number three defensive end. I can't remember. He was out of Clemson. I didn't understand. It was a big reach to me, huge reach, honestly. And I didn't understand the need either. Uh, it wasn't their number one need at the time, so it just didn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, but I digress. Uh, this year's draft, I didn't really see that. Um, so, going moving on to Tennessee Titans, they got Isaiah Wilson, um, offensive tackle uh, from Georgia, and at the 29th pick of the first round. I thought Need was solid. You know, their offensive line definitely could use a boost um, in terms of the passing game. Uh, but that, obviously, they ran the ball pretty well with Derrick Henry, so, you know, giving him extra help definitely helps. And Ryan Tannehill as well. 
Um, I thought it was sort of a reach in terms of talent, but I think it definitely fits their need. The, the question is value, and I thought they reached a little bit here. Um, I think he's a solid player, though. Uh, Christian Fulton they got at 29th pick in the second round, which I thought was, was filled in D number one, but number two, the value there is great. I, mean, I, I probably had as my number two, number three corner in this draft, and to get him that late was really big, so I think that was really good for them. And they got Darrington Evans uh, running back in the third round, 29th pick. At Appalachian State, I thought the value there was pretty good. Um, so I think the Titans did it pretty good. In terms of value, I think they did really well in the second and third round. Uh, I don't think they did great in value in, in the first round. But in terms of need, I thought they definitely hit on need. So if I had to give this draft a grade, I'd probably give it like a B-plus, A-minus. You know, solid draft for the Titans. And then we have, moving on, we have the Washington Redskins, um, who obviously went with Chase Young at the second overall pick. Um, I've talked about Chase Young a ton. Super athletic. His skill set's pretty good. His ability to bend the corner is, you know, he's a one-of-a-kind player in terms of his ability to get to the quarterback. Uh, my ultimate question is, number one, he's going to be able to build his skill set. I think being able to have spin moves and rips and, and, you know, different moves to get by the offensive line is going to be big um, moving on in his career. But, you know, as long as he continues to work as hard as he does, which I expect him to, um, he's going to be an all-fame player one day. He definitely has the athleticism and the football IQ to really be first of all, he's, he's destructive in the run game, but I think his pass rush game is, is definitely there's, there's room to improve there, and you know I think he's going to improve. I think he's going to add that extra skill set into his game, and not just you know in college he basically beat offensive linemen with his athletic ability, his ability to bend. Um, but I think in in the NFL he will struggle to, to just do that um, as his only method of getting by offensive linemen. He'll have to add some moves in, but if, as long as he does that, he's going to be a Hall of Fame player one day. Uh, obviously, a plus pick right there. It's no one else that could have went with that would have been the right pick. Um, and the next pick was in the third round. They picked up Antonio Gibson, Memphis wide receiver. Uh, wasn't too big on him. Um, it was all right. Uh, I thought their draft was decent. You know, they didn't have too much draft capital after that Chase Young pick. Uh, probably gives this draft an A. You know, Chase Young with the draft capital that it did have. Chase Young was the right pick. Um, I don't think they got any steals in the later rounds. So that's why I'm not giving it an A plus. But in terms of Chase Young, you know, definitely an A. Great player, going to be a Hall of Famer one day. Um, and that is, I didn't realize, but that is the final team. Um, yes, that is the entire NFL draft. Again, I thought it was a really good draft. I don't think there's any team that really did a horrible job drafting this year. They all relatively went did a decent job on need, and they did a decent job on value. What I don't think there was any number one, there wasn't a lot of trades in this year's draft until later. Uh, there wasn't any really huge reaches. I thought, in terms of, if I thought who had the worst first round picks, I'd probably say it was the Falcons. I think AJ Terrell was the biggest reach of the draft, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I'd probably say he's the biggest reach of the draft because he went at 16 when he was more of a second or third rounder to me. Uh, even he could have went fourth round to me, depending if he fell. Um, so again, I wasn't big on a- AJ Terrell. Um, so if I had to give the worst draft, I'd probably give it to the Falcons because they reached so heavy on AJ Terrell. Uh, but overall, really good draft. I thought teams did really well. Um, what about covers the draft? Right. Um, so we got some a little NBA, a little baseball stuff, and um, I'll try and keep it somewhat short. So for basketball, um, the NBA is reopening some team practice facilities for like. Individual workouts are not having um, team workouts. Uh, that's going to begin on, I guess, this Friday. Um, and it's really just in 
uh, states that have loosened their stay-at-home restrictions, such as Georgia. Um, but once again, it's only going to be individual workouts. And it also, um, one of the things you might possibly think is that like this is maybe a step in the right direction to basketball having some way of reopening up basketball again. Um, but Adam Silver said that that's not the case. Um, there's still a lot in uh, flux and limbo, um, and there's really still no plan for when the NBA is going to reopen. Uh, for baseball, I want to talk about a little bit about the Angel Hernandez lawsuit. Uh, baseball finally commented on it. Um, well, not commented. They were... Let me get the article up. Basically, Angel Hernandez in 2017 um, had a lawsuit against baseball for discrimination in terms of him not being able to umpire certain big events like the World Series um, when his name was given as possible suggestions to be the World Series um, umpire, catcher, first base umpire. Um, and he basically cited that he's Joe Torre, who's the head of player operations, I'm pretty sure, in baseball, um, has never had a good relationship with... Um, uh, what is it? Why did I just blank on his name? Um, on Angel with Angel Hernandez from when he was a coach, um, and that basically led to when Joe Torre took over as head of op- baseball, head of operations. Um, he was never picked to do any big things again. Never was in any World Series. And then once the lawsuit came out in 2017, um, he was finally put in to I think the divisional series and the championship series. Um, by Joe Torre, which is kind of fishy, um, and basically all this stuff is really coming out now, MLB officially, would Knicks, yeah, so the big thing that came out of this is that the MLB official who kind of did a testimony said that he didn't think Rob, Rob Manfred, he thought Rob Manfred would Knicks Angel Hernandez World Series assignment, so basically, um, it's a weird situation. I would say it's not like race discrimination. I think it's more maybe they. Andrew Hernandez hasn't had the best, uh, I don't know, portfolio in umpiring. There's been a lot of cases where players don't like him, coaches don't like him, and uh, fans have also commented on him a lot. I think one of the bigger takeaways, not takeaways, but one of the bigger things that came out of this is. The fact that uh, baseball does a lot in terms of picking the right umpires. In this article that I was reading from ESPN, they talked about all the different statistics they have on umpires um, and how many calls they get right, their strike zone, and things like that, which was kind of interesting to read about. Uh, That's really it for baseball stuff. There's nothing that really came from the case, but um, that's basically it. I don't know. Is there any college stuff to talk about? No, not really. Do you want to get into the coronavirus? Um, I'd say yes. Okay. Ultimately, you know, there's the coronavirus update for this week. Uh, not much has changed. Uh, you know, the numbers are showing pretty much the same thing. Ultimately, we, at this point, there's a couple things that we do know. Number one, there's a lot more people infected than we, than we know that's confirmed. Uh, the number pretty much varies. They saw, I think I talked about it last week with the UCLA study that showed 25 to 80 times as many people are infected as confirmed right now, which in my opinion is, is more of a good thing. Uh, number one, uh, it shows that the mortality rate is going to be a lot lower. Uh, number two, it shows like the effects. If, if that many people have it and don't know it, it shows that the effects are a lot not as bad over a population. 
Uh, so that's another good thing. Um, other than that, you know, the, the virus is kind of just taking its course. We've kind of hit the work. I think we're over the peak at this point in terms of the country. And it's on its way down. And, you know, people are looking, or people rather, uh, state governments as well as the federal government are looking into how we're going to reopen everything back up. Um, how much of regular life can we come back to? And that's coming that's going to be the question over the next couple of weeks is, you know, how are we going to return to normal? Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, you know, there hasn't been too much data that's, that's been updated. Uh, hydroxychloroquine, ugh. Um, uh, in terms of the drug, it's definitely, it's shown some, some negative effects. Uh, so I, in terms of anecdotal stories, so before they do, they're going to have to do a lot of randomized trials before they give it out to the masses of the U S public. Um, and that's with every drug, you know, just testing still being done. The numbers are still not 100%. Um, so yeah, at the end of the day, again, just keep following CDC's guidelines. Ask your local health professionals and, and your doctors if you have any guys any questions. Um, hopefully, we'll be back to normal soon. And, you know, things are looking up. Uh, don't be too discouraged. Hopefully, things get better. I'm hoping you guys are all safe and, and healthy. Um, yeah, so that's about all happened the coronavirus this week. Um, and that basically wraps it up for this podcast. Any final thoughts, Nick? Um, you know, not much. I've been kind of busy with work. Uh, yeah, the draft took a lot. Of, I watched pretty much the entire draft. It took Sunday. I didn't watch the entire thing. Uh, other than that, Kim Jong Un might be dead. That's, uh, that's a, I don't know if people think that's that's a bad thing, but in my eyes, it's definitely a good thing. Oh, how terrible a leader he is, and what he does to his people. Um, as a conversation for another day, but uh, that's just interesting news to me. Um, nobody knows what, if it's true or if, what it would be related to if it was true. So, I don't know, just interesting tidbit. Uh, other than that, if you guys have any comments, questions, concerns, feel free to contact me on my Instagram at nick.horvath. Um, shoot me a DM, or you can contact me on my email at nickoshorvath10 at yahoo.com. Or you can contact me on my Twitter at nickhorvath sixty one. Uh, other than that, hope you guys stay safe and healthy. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, other than that, I'm going to hand it up to Brian. Uh, go ahead, Brian. All right. um, also, thank you guys for watching. This was I, kind of like a nice experiment we did. Maybe we'll do it again. Um, anything new? Not really anything new. I'm certainly hoping the coronavirus doesn't ruin the summer. Um, I don't know. Nick, do you think it's going to ruin the summer? don't. I think this is all going to fade over by end of May. I think we're going to be back to normal by like 100% back. To, see, the thing is, in my opinion, is that the media has such a potent like part of the U.S. society. I can't tell, speak for other countries, right? Mm-hmm. But in terms of U.S. society, like the media has such a potent effect on us. If like Let's say nothing changes, right? The coronavirus is still out there doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. If the media stops talking about it, 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 it's almost like it's out of our lives. Unless the news is talking about it, so... You know, it's not as effective. It doesn't affect us as much. Ultimately, I think it's going to fade out of the news at some point, and it's just going to become you know normal. It's, everything's going to blow over. I'm expecting us to be back by like mid-May to you know somewhat normal life, and then I probably say mid to late June, it's going to be almost like the coronavirus never happened, in my opinion. But obviously, that's 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 definitely take that with a grain. It is it is a decent far. Uh, it is a decent time away. No, um, I mean, but like, we take you with a grain of salt. I mean, like in terms of where we are at. Where we're at right now to be back to normal life within a couple months would be great. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, I'm doing my work. I have some research projects I have to finish. 
Uh, but other than that, we'll be back next week. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be live or whatever. Still got to figure that out. Um, let us know what you thought of this. I guess you kind of let us know during the podcast. Um, if you have any comments, you can DM us. Uh, check out our videos on YouTube, Instagram. We have some articles coming out about the NFL draft. Um, our kind of views on our Instagram. Um, but other than that, that's it. If you have any interest writing for us, editing videos, anything like that, contact the sport, universe2019 at gmail.com. And other than that, thanks for listening. See you guys later. <laughs>